Shepherding Chaos, the Retail 247 podcast. Embracing change in the world of retail tech. Hello and welcome to the latest edition of Shepherding Chaos. It's uh, unusual today because we are, well, actually, three things very different. The first one is that this is the first time we've done this on location. And uh, thank you to Richard for, uh, for hosting us. Second time, it's actually the first time we've done it with uh, face-to-face uh, because normally Martin and I have recorded these over Zoom or Teams or uh, other, uh, other apps. And, uh, and the third reason is it's actually the first time we've done it with, uh, with a guest. And our guest today is Richard Sermon of Crew. Hi, Hello. Richard. Hi, how, how are you doing? We're good, thanks. Good. And, uh, of course, Martin Schofield's here as well. Good morning. Uh, splendid, as always, in his Reese jacket where we've just come from. So, uh, yeah, so um, today I thought we'd, uh, we'd sort of have a bit of a, a general chat first about how we're finding life now post, uh, cool. you know, I was going to say post-pandemic. I suppose that's a bit premature because we're still probably uh, in the pandemic. But, uh, but so now things are getting back to normal. And if you... An example of things going back to normal is the fact that we've yeah we've come down to London today and uh, we're together and yeah, yeah we're uh, we're feeling more relaxed with that. But obviously, it's still very different from from how it was. So what uh, yeah. what what are your observations about where we are now? What post pandemic? So I think things are still slowly getting back to normal. There's there's still an element of nervousness from a lot of people. You know, you still go on the tube, see a lot of people with. Um, face masks etc um but on the flip side you know businesses are starting to get a bit more relaxed we're starting to see a lot more people in the office which is really Mm. positive um i don't think we'll ever get away from the working from home mentality no it's definitely a changed world yeah i think that's the i think that's the norm now and there'll be sort of like a, a mixed bag of in office versus working from home i'm certainly an advocate of working from home Get, get more hours out of me for a start <laughs> uh, which is positive for the business anyway yeah um do you think there's a just to take a side do you think there's a, a a willingness to take that going forward from most businesses and certainly yours at crew you know there was that historical perception that you wouldn't get the same level of productivity but that seems to have gone away yeah or maybe it's the only option people have yeah i mean I, i've spoken to a few businesses and some of them are sort of of the opinion that yeah, if you don't see the people working, yeah. you don't think they are working. There's a few retailers yeah. out there like that. But <laughs> there's got to be a better trust bond between employers and because yeah, otherwise, yeah, you really are into that's so almost like factory mentality exactly. where you're watching people constantly with overseers and yeah, yeah we're not moving forward, we're going right the way back to the dark ages yeah, of people standing over and watching uh, watching other people work. Yeah. But I, I just wonder whether yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I mean, I've, I've worked from home. If I had a, a, a something to get on with, yeah. I've worked at home in my environment where I'm not going to get interrupted by yeah. people asking questions because we all know you go, you turn up at the office in the morning with an agenda of wanting to get something done and um, and then you get to four o'clock and realise you haven't done any bit because yeah. all you've been doing is fielding questions. Very true. So it yeah. helps. But I'm just wondering from a collaborative approach, you know, there's conversations you have with people around the coffee machine where yeah. it's not formal, but somebody says something that makes you think slightly different about what it is you're delivering. Yeah, I, I, there, there is an element of that that does still happen in the office that you don't get from home without a doubt. And I, I think that 
the key to getting around that is making sure that you're in regular contact with everybody in the business, not just at the sort of your level, but also below you. Yeah. Um, I try to stay on board with a lot of departments and keep them in, in close contact so that I know what they're doing. And also keep them apprised of what we're up to from an IT perspective because yeah. mm. there is far too much that happens in the background that nobody ever knows about. And one of the things that we've had to focus on is making sure our communication is a lot better and that, yeah. we're actually, that we're actually shouting about our success as well. Yeah, I guess it's imposed that sort of... Well, you, you assumed you did it before, unless it's imposing a bit yeah. more formality around it now. Yeah, yeah, because, I mean, you would you would just flippantly say, oh, we're doing this and we're doing that in the office, just as, as a passing comment, whereas now we don't really have that soundboard anymore, so it's how do we get around that? Mm. Um, and one of the things that I'm trying to do with my team is make sure that you're talking to people and saying, look, yeah, okay, we're doing this, we're doing that, but also we've got this going on in the background, which is why other things might be delayed and stuff like that. Have you had any new recruits over the past 18 months, two years, who were so employed during the pandemic who yeah. haven't actually met the team? Yeah, no, yeah. yeah, I've got two on my team that haven't haven't met yet. Yeah, you yeah. um, no, I've met them, um, but they've not met the rest of the team. Right. Um, Arnie being one of them. Um, he's worked oh, yeah. from home ever since he started with us. Yeah. And yeah, yeah he, ha- he hasn't met half the half the business yet, face to face. Are the plans to do something to have an event or? Yeah, yeah. Or so because things are getting a bit more open, we're doing team days. We've just been uh, told that we can all go out and do a sort of team day I'll have yeah. to do mine on Saturday because we work in IT and we can't take time off <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. nobody realises how hard it is yeah, it's true. Yeah, no, that's, a, yes, yeah. sir, that's a, a very fair point yeah. Yeah, when, when you think you listen on the news about uh, I was you did last week when uh, Facebook and uh, and and, uh, and so forth went down yeah. and everyone's yeah, listening to it and everyone's got a comment to make yeah. and I've got a vision because you know, I've worked in in tech for over 30 years and uh, yeah with retail assist with support and you've got this vision of somebody who's responsible for support yeah going a really weird colour and loads of people running around and loads of other people oh, who aren't involved yeah. going when's yeah. it going to be fixed when's it going to be yeah. fixed do you think I don't yeah. know what the problem is yet yeah exactly yeah and that's, uh, that does happen a lot yeah. um you know, we, we've had it recently where we've had a system outage and I'm sat there going, I've got no idea what the problem is yet, yeah, yeah, when yeah. it's going to get fixed. It doesn't stop people wanting the answers, though, does it? Very true. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Just, again, it's just keeping everybody up to date. Yeah, it is. It is. Making sure that you're communicating yeah. as effectively as possible. Absolutely. So, yeah. Well, I thought today we'd, uh, yeah, I'd introduce a, a concept which will be, uh, given, given the stresses and strains of, of working in technology, this will definitely ring a note because... Yeah, we know we're obviously around this table now. We're all advocates of technology and the power and the benefits it can deliver and so on. And uh, yeah, I think it's pretty obvious that our, uh, the retail businesses that we work with are, are the same. You know, technology is far more at the front of, uh, of the retail world than, than it ever used to be. But every penny is is hard fought and hard justified. So I'm gonna I'm gonna sort of change the world a moment here, and I'm gonna ask both of you. Um, to give me an answer to if I gave you a million pounds, what would you do with it? Now, 
just a after of, I built a small island somewhere. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 So I was going to say, yeah. there was a couple of caveats here. One is it can't be for personal uh, personal gain, other than job satisfaction yeah. and that feeling of a job very well done, and, and it can't be to finish off a project or carry yeah. on an initiative you're doing. Mm-hmm. So I re- the reason I say I brought this to the table for discussion is that what occurs to me is that you know, we we deal with everyday stuff that just happens and things that we can plan for, and then every so often something completely left or right of field occurs where our creative minds have to have to kick in and just to sort of exercise that creative muscle so if i gave you both a million pounds what would you spend it on so from my perspective one of the biggest things throughout my career has always been a lack of resource in any business so you know the advancements that's going on in artificial intelligence is quite key i think to moving forward for any business that's where I'd put my money. For, for any particular aspect? Uh, predominantly around automation. Try and whatever a business is doing, there's a lot of manual process going on that could be taken over by some very simple algorithms. Yeah. There is obviously the more complex stuff as well. Um, you know, where should our stock be within the business? How do we get into the right place? You know, there's a lot of computational. Um, algorithms that could be used to to improve that without the human factor involved which is very emotional hmm. so I'm not saying we should implement Skynet <laughs> and Terminator <laughs> yeah. is going around but there, 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 take a lot of the painful work out there's just, yeah, there's just exactly. the, the day to day grunt work is yeah. it's definitely something that needs, needs significant improvement and that's probably where I would look to pitch my money mm. um, could you see that expanding more to um, you know, to where you know, moving data from yeah. and, but actually saying well yeah, could you ever envisage a time if I take that right to the to the far extreme yeah. could you imagine a time when um, when a CEO of a retail company or a merch director or, or somebody senior says yeah, hey Siri or other voice uh, activated uh, yeah. systems are available but hey Siri yeah, how do I prove my intake margin by 1% and then just allow the system to, to calculate, calculate it. it for yeah. you yeah, it, it's certainly possible without a doubt I mean you know that's sort of very big well, sky yeah. thinking but yeah we could certainly get there without a doubt yeah. but I wonder if you if you just break down the barriers to entry for retail for yeah. a moment some of the barriers to entry are obviously cost yeah. and yeah, where do you want to be on that arc of uh, that, that arc of um of innovation, right. you know, should you be right at the end on the bleeding edge bit, or should you be coming just as it goes over the top when it becomes more affordable and more proven? Because if you if you remove that for a minute and just say, well, that technology is that technology available now? It's just the fact that it's more of a mindset thing than a than a technology thing. Yeah, from happening. Yeah, well, a bit of both in my comment. I mean, whilst this is going to sound like a sales pitch, it's not meant to be. That, that there are. You know, you can spend massively. <laughs> but, but orange, you could. No, no, not at all. But you can spend a massive amount of. There's a disparity between price points of anything. You know, working yeah. with the smaller. I'm going to put myself back in Richard's shoes, really. You know, when I was running a, an IT function, and and the the difference between working with a small company who are they're keen and will give you a, a, a an innovative solution for a sensible price versus one of the old, you know, spend ten million just to get started exercises is is 
that's something that retailers are willing to adopt, I think, more these days. You're looking for those opportunities, those smaller companies so that you can get more worth out quite quickly. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, you get a lot more value for money out of that sort of approach. Yeah. Um, you did something with, you did some innovation with, with other store site, which recently. Yeah, absolutely. That's, yeah, proven, yeah. Yeah, proven, yeah. proven successful. Yeah, we've taken a mobile point of sale system that wasn't on the market, developed it ourselves with a partner and implemented it throughout yeah. our stores. So, but that project, could, if you've gone to a traditional, that could have cost you a million quid it somewhere could else. could have easily cost yeah, us a so, lot more. So it's, 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 it's just, yeah. it's the same functionality. That, that, yeah. As a, and as a software provider, it's the, the difficulty in pricing and positioning something versus, you know, something you can download for free on the internet versus a hundred million pounds spent for a project is massively yeah. hard. Oh, mm. God, yeah. Without a doubt, yeah. yeah. There's a, you know, there's a lot of innovation going on, you know, even with the partners that I'm working with, take our payment provider that we've just recently signed up with, they've got a fraud tool, which is very powerful as it is at the moment, yeah. and they demoed the new AI version of it to me the other day. It's leaps and bounds ahead of the competition, and so much further forward than their current system. Right. It's just so clever. It's amazing, and the way things are going. Yeah, yeah. You know that's. So, true. what are going to be the um, <clears throat> what are going to be the big challenges in justifying that to uh, to the decision makers who sign the uh, the contract, sign the order? How do you? I don't know. You just get me within quid, so. I mean, presumably, it's not a big capital investment, it's just an incremental yeah, or a, a percentage of whatever. Yeah, in, in essence, you know, a lot of the things that we're looking to do is predominantly software as a service, application based, you pay for it as you go, essentially. Yeah. So, you know, you do obviously have the initial investments that you would spend on setup and configuration and linking in with other stuff, but one of the things that I'm very much an advocate of is we pay as we go we don't have an asset at the end of it it's just done we've moved on to the next application and and I think that's where technology is moving you know you're throwing it away you use it for why you need it you find a better service or a solution move on to that yeah, yeah. absolutely sorry I'm just smiling because the, the, the bins yeah, are decided to be empty outside but that's the, that's the sort of background what's your going for what's the local council for? <laughs> uh, Merton Council Merton Council if you gave Merton Council a million pounds yeah, silence yeah, quite a bin quite a bin man yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. it's uh, first of all <laughs> in, terms, <laughs> take your in terms of what I do I think I, I, I agree with Richard completely but if I, if I go the other end of the scale I think my my, my issue with retail generally is we you know we talk about the the biggest influencer to ourselves being the people on the shop floor and we and we talk about the, them being able to to engage with the customer and offer them certain services and we so often let them down with that you know so to be able to empower them with truly joined up ability to deliver service mm-hmm. so and, and, and you know we've talked about it for years there's still masses of opportunity in that area i think but to be able to just to order, to be able to show customer product detail, to be able to get it delivered to their home, and joining those all those pieces together is missing still. Yeah, I think that uh, yeah, it's joining it all together, isn't it? I mean, Martin and I were, were, were chatting uh, a while ago about the uh, the difference between customer service and customer experience. Yeah, you know, you could get a great customer service. I, I had an example recently. I, I won't uh, I won't name names in terms of the retailer, but uh, I had great customer service. With extremely friendly, well-informed, helpful, um, yeah, member of uh, sales, salesforce staff. Um, but she was badly let down by the systemic support, uh, which basically she said, 
yeah, I, I was buying a bed, and um, she said, yeah, that's one of our own brands, mm-hmm. we'll have that in stock. Pulled out um, uh, her phone from her pocket and said, uh, oh, we haven't got any. Oh, but don't worry, I'll check the other system, because quite often this system says we haven't got it, and this system yeah, says we have. Yeah. The other system said they had got it, they got five or whatever it was in stock, but when it came round to booking the delivery, the delivery came from the same stock record as the first system said they hadn't got it, so she couldn't book a delivery, so therefore I couldn't buy it. So I left the store thinking, yeah, Mark's out of 10 for, uh, for customer service, yeah, nine. Right? Yeah. Mark's out of 10 for customer experience, one. But nobody asked me about the customer experience. Yeah, yeah. They didn't think about the customer service. And yeah, actually having something in place that enables that all the hard work that the person who's directly talking to you is putting in to reward it with the fact that the customer's going to go along and say, I've got what I wanted. Yeah, you can't have a good customer experience without having that. So. Yeah, and it's, it's a bit disappointing that, you know, uh, I mean, whatever we are in 25, 30 years in retail, we've, they've still got these same challenges. We're talking yeah. an omnichannel experience, but actually it's not quite joined up enough. And there, there are exceptions to that rule. But I think we can do a lot if we just sat back almost with a clean sheet of paper, spent the million pounds and delivered some of these systems that delivered that. So what, was the, uh, what, what specifically would you do to kind of improve customer service? Have you got anything in mind? Yeah, I... Uh, I suppose a couple of things spring to mind. There's the fact that, you know, as retailers, I think I've said this before on, on chats we've had on, that you, you expect the most from the people you pay the less in essence, the least in essence. Yeah. So the, the people on the shop floor are the, the undervalued, for the expression, um, workforce yeah. that you expect to deliver and generate profit and sales from for you. Um, but so there's, there's the fact that they should be rewarded more, but equally, as we just said, to be able to give them you know, the tools to fulfill their, their potential of sales would be great. So specifically, um, just the basics, you know, the, 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 in your example, the access to the right stock record that give you a real-time visibility of it and then let you order it, let you interact with the customer. They, all these systems exist, um, but they're just a bit bitty and, a, and then we haven't really embraced it properly. So I think I'd use the, I don't know, I'd use, I think I'd use a million times to create time to do something properly, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, 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 there's there's an element of disconnect. Yeah. Um, we could all do it. If you if we sat down with a bit of paper now, we could. Yeah, retail's yeah, not that complicated, crush, really. Uh, definitely. It's just it's 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 embracing it within the existing legacy environment you've got, and the complexity that le- the legacy history gives you. Um, so maybe I'd use my million pounds to close retail down for a couple of weeks yeah. properly and, and re- yeah. put it stasis. Yeah. I think the. <clears throat> Uh, last week we were, I was chatting with someone who talked about legacy and they see legacy and the, in the context of the legacy was yeah was stuff that was done years ago yeah, yeah and we all know that we've all been part-parted to creating legacy but yeah, the thing about retail because it is such a fast-moving business and ever-evolving yeah we create a solution that's meeting a set of requirements at a particular moment in time so I'm just thinking it got me thinking, well, yeah, everything we create today is becomes legacy as soon as we implement it. Mm, yeah. Because a lot of systems that we that come to the market as new concepts, they've been in the making and the thought processes for a good couple of years. Yeah. And they were looking at that point in a lot of cases or at, at what the problems were then as opposed to what the opportunities are now. So, in terms of that's another question well, yeah. I mean, from the supplier side, but also from the uh, from the retailer side. 
Cameron, how do you stop it from, from happening? How do you know that what you're buying today isn't going to be just suitable for today? And how do you know what you're developing today isn't going to be just suitable for today? Okay. Right, if I, if I can go first, please. Yeah, right. this, well, so, so, no, this is blatantly a sales pitch. <laughs> because not, no, no, the sales pitch is born out of experience. It, it is distinctly focusing on two, two different thought processes. The basics, the back end, you know, stock, sales, um, customer, uh, uh, product data. The basics have to be right. So you can acknowledge the fact that some of these things are throwaway. You might develop apps that the customer wants to, to use today, but you acknowledge the fact that there might be a new app next week and it just changes. So there's distinct um, ways of operating that relies on core data that's sound versus stuff that you use against that core data that could be disposed of uh, you know, in a couple of weeks. Hmm. Yeah, I mean that. You know, that's the analogy that I've been taking uh, crew clothing since I've been there. You know, let's tackle the problem that we've got today, make it fit for purpose, and obviously make sure that we're working with partners that will develop it to suit our business needs. Because, as you mentioned, it's ever evolving, and it's making sure that you've got a suitably sized partner that is willing and prepared to adapt their applications to meet our business goals. Because if you look back at a lot of our legacy solutions, our biggest pain has been developing it to meet our requirements. It's very rigid. And to spend all that money on implementing a slight change here and a tweak there, it costs a lot of money. And it's difficult to quantify the business benefit to do it. Whereas now, you've got an application, you've got a support partner that will actually deliver that a more cost-effective yeah. 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 Again, I agree with that statement, but also I think I think Richard would agree with this. Not we don't necessarily just take on every decision that's been made historically. We we bring a bit of best practice to it as well, so we use yeah, it as an opportunity to sort out what is the the basic operating process for reason. Yeah, and and I agree with that. Um, so nuances, yeah, but the basics are similar. Yeah, I mean, if you look at how our departments review and analyse new systems and new implementations. They always come up with, oh yeah, why can't we do this, why can't we do that? And you have to rein them in to an extent and actually look at what the practicalities are of doing it. You know, is it cost effective to do it? Should we be doing it? Or is there a more pragmatic approach to their problem? which we've experienced yeah, on a few occasions. Well, no, absolutely. Yeah, you, you, over time, systems, yeah, so. over, over time, because of you know, systems deficiencies or process deficiencies, the people adopt, adapt and adopt. You know, the, the, yeah. the, the plethora of spreadsheets that keep them going in the day job today, and yeah. you just need to sit back slightly and say, actually, there is an easier way. Yeah, and it still still meets your need. Yeah. Think spreadsheets ever disappear? From, uh, from tried, the retail tried for 30 years but no I think yeah, not yeah. I think pushing water up a hill on that one no it is yeah, yeah, yeah. I think yeah you just got to hopefully edge back to them being a a tool for modelling and visibility rather than a tool for yeah. storing data yeah see my, my problem I mean now I'm you know, not, not involved on the the day to day side I may, may not have this, uh, this this approach when I was involved with uh, when I was working with uh, with retail assist but the um, my, my problem with people using spreadsheets isn't the fact that they're using spreadsheets per se it's the fact that they create models and they create one model and they feed it with new data every year it's exactly the same model with the same formula and they're looking at it in exactly the same way 
And you know the old uh, Einstein, uh, the, I think it was Einstein, he said, yeah, if you keep making, uh, keep doing things the same way, keep making the same mistakes, you'll never move forward. Yeah. So, yeah, and I think going back to the point you were, you made, Richard, with the with the million pounds about using AI, would we ever get to a point where we could say, hey, Siri, can you do this for us in a retail context? Yeah, I, I, I just think sometimes the problem isn't the spreadsheet or the technology, it's the way in which it's been used. Oh, no, yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah people true. create their own views, and half the time, yeah, they're uh, they're just confirming their own biases. Yeah, that, that's very true. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I was literally having a discussion with my CEO last week about this, and the fact that our reporting is so heavily manipulated. Yeah, there's so many different versions of the truth in the business. It's yeah. hard to understand and define which is correct. Yeah, but just, what was the conclusion? Yeah, yeah. the conclusion. We need a better reporting system. Okay. That's, yeah. that's, that's nice acknowledgement. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you think? I mean, just to, to sort of a better data to report on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but and also a completely different mindset of looking at data because a lot of retail um, analysis is observational. Yeah. Very little of it is insightful because, yeah, in my my definition, I'll just clarify that because there's so many. Yeah, this industry uses different words to mean different things. An observation for me is what are our top then bestsellers. An insight is. Why do people buy some products and not buy other products? Mm. Yeah, so again, it goes back to your point about algorithms. It's actually thinking more objectively about what you're trying to achieve as opposed to subjectively what you're trying to prove. And I, and I came up to this ties up with my spreadsheet point. I, I just think that retailers need to be more um, just, yeah, listen to what their the systems are telling them, listen to what yeah. is contained in the data yeah. rather than try to just keep asking questions yeah because there's always a personal factor that gets involved yeah. and you know that that always has an impact on people's decision making processes take that out of the equation you'll probably be a bit more logical about what you should be doing yeah. especially from a retail perspective because hmm. hmm. there are there are there are customer patterns out there you, you never get away from it yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there are. I agree. There are some standard patterns, but I think also there's some. Sometimes, yeah. If you if you think about um, if you think about things that you observe or things that you know, come up in, like you think, I'd never have thought that could possibly happen mm, because there's yeah. a load of patterns going on that you would never have thought about looking at. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the beauty of uh, systems and the processing power we've got available to us today, we should be able to. Yeah, we should be able to cringe through and look at patterns that the human brain wouldn't necessarily consider to be relevant yeah. and sometimes come up with something that is, is quite relevant because of it. And I think that that's for me, if I had it and I... I was going to say, what, what are you spending your million pounds on? Yeah, yeah that's I think really. That and, what was uh, that? But, more data? But, but, no, 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 not more, uh, not more data. I suppose it's investing it in trying to get people to change their way of thinking, if that's a thing you can buy. And, mm -hmm. you know, and, and the only way, how do you prove that? Well, I suppose it's showing people by example things that work. The problem that we've got is because we are constrained by, by time and money and, and so forth uh, with the projects that we do, is that you know, can we be truly innovative? Because sometimes to be innovative, you have to fail. So if you say to somebody, I think we should try this, and then find afterwards actually doesn't work rather than lose your job and uh, and, and lose credibility it's kind of, well yeah this guy's truly innovative because he's trying new stuff all the time yeah yeah that's yeah. a fair point actually, let me take it back if i had a, if i had a you know a, a shrewd investor in a million pounds in a small business then then we would do that we'd go off and do 
things that may fail, but things that we could demonstrate as innovative. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's the, the freedom to do that without the worry of making money because it's an opportunity you think you can get to. That well, is the thing. Yeah. That, that, I suppose that goes back to your, uh, to your, to your point that you, uh, you were just discussing about the fact that you, you have to have that backplane in the business that enables you yeah. to have the top quality um, product yeah. um, stock and customer data and processes. So everything transactional just happens and then everything that's slightly innovative can sit on top. Yeah, it gives and, you a bit of freedom. Yeah, and, and you, can, yeah, you can try quickly, fail fast and try something else that doesn't work. Also, you know, they, because of what we have to do to, to go to your point, Martin, about the uh, the customer service, you know, we are we are in an app culture driven by mobile phones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we have mobile phone apps. Um, somebody will say, so I have a pedometer app. Um, somebody says, yeah, there's a better one. So I delete mine and I download the other one. Mm-hmm. Now the reality is that not everything's re-engineered because that's buying services that already exist. It's just yeah. basically a front end. Mm-hmm. So if, if um, as, as customers, we're in that mentality, I think it's a pretty fair assumption to say that customers who come into our shops or buy online, I have that mentality as well. So we have to keep changing and refreshing, mm-hmm. not refreshing everything because yeah, the, the idea of, of replacing your complete ERP solution and end-to-end sort of central processes, yeah, it's... It's costs you more than a million pounds. Yeah, it certainly will. Yeah. Yeah. Is this where uh, you turn around to me and say that when you were at Harvey and you bought Merit? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Often, often he seems to like to track this conversation. Oh, to to yeah. leave the conversation. That was a very wise, <clears throat> wise spend, that was. It was a very wise spend, Martin, and yeah. uh, we're forever, ever grateful. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Good system. <laughs> <laughs> right, so, uh, well, listen, thanks, uh, thanks for your time, Thank and you. uh, thanks for the uh, hospitality and the team which has been uh, yeah great great. thank you and uh, yeah onwards to the next one cool thanks 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 shepherding chaos the retail 247 podcast join us next time for more tech views and insights from the people who know